Well, those of you in the building, I can't get you to do a high five, but you can look at each other, blow a kiss across the room. Yeah, and have a good time today together. Awesome. Good morning, church. How good is it? We are live here in the Victory Center, meeting at both levels in homes across our city called Vision Parties. And I want to give a big shout out to all of you in the homes. Hey, why don't you... I reckon you ought to just shout right now so we can hear you. Let the city, let your neighbors hear you. There's a party going on right now in, in our city and beyond, so it's going to be good. Hey, you know, we normally hold our vision services in the month of June because of the way everything's happened this year. We put it off till September, and we thought, we'll all be together. Surely in September, well, we're kind of together, aren't we? Not totally, but we're together. But you know what? In a way that only God could engineer. This extra time has given us unique opportunities in the rollout of this vision. Stuff we didn't even know ahead of time, we didn't script. And, uh, and you're going to hear about some of that today in the message. Some of the stuff has been in play for years. There are new fresh things that just happen in months. And you're going to hear about it today. But in the meantime, uh, why don't you just get ready for the future? Why don't you let God kind of position your heart and mind to know that he's not just the God of yesterday and today, but the God of tomorrow, and he has a future for you. Why don't we uh, pray together for that? Father, we just want to thank you that, uh, God, you are in our yesterday, you are here today, but you are also in our future. As Janet says often, you've already been there. And you know what it's like, and you're taking us there because the steps of a good man, a good woman, are ordered by you. And you delight in their way. You're ordering our steps. And even though we didn't see how it was going to happen, we see why things are happening the way they're happening, because you are a God of vision. Where there is vision, people prosper and move forward. And God, we pray just refresh our hearts and minds with vision, but also with your incredible presence. You're the God who still speaks to his people. We want to get our minds and our hearts and... Lord, our soul ready to receive what you want to say, because Holy Spirit, we know that word you send out, it never returns to you empty. It always accomplishes what you set it out to do. Thank you for grace on this word. Thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, guys, I want to read a passage of Scripture and tie together this year's theme with the previous two years vision that was called, do you remember? Anybody shout it out? Thank you. It's time. Uh, Of course, two pastors had to say that because their job's on the line. If they didn't know any, no, that's not true. So take your Bible, turn to Joshua chapter one. Good old Joshua. Who loves Joshua? I love Joshua. Janet loves Caleb. Maybe it's because, no, I'm not going to say she's older than me. Um, But I love Joshua. It's okay, honey. I'll have you up in a minute. Got to have some fun on Vision Day, don't you? Come on. Got to have fun. I love Joshua. Go to the first chapter. And uh, while you turn there, let me put you in the picture by looking back uh, a number of years, a number of years ago, believe it or not, four plus years ago, May 2016, Pastor Nate uh, never thought he was going to, I bet you never thought you're going to do this, but he preached a sermon called Steps and Stones. Who remembers Steps and Stones, right? Got it? Yeah. Um, And that, that sermon was based out of the text in Joshua, probably chapter two, where the children of Israel were crossing the Jordan and they were told. Now, as you go through the riverbed, pick up stones, take 12 stones with you and set them up as a memorial on the other side. That's a key phrase on the other side uh, to remind them of where they came from and to prepare them for where they were going. And in essence, the stones were a reminder of the work God had done in them so that as they move ahead in faith, they could believe he's going to do an incredible work through them. 
And that's what it was all about. And that sermon, believe it or not, helped to identify the work that God had begun in us right after 2014. Can you believe it? Six years ago. And, and uh, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the 12 stones? Everybody remember them? You know, those of us who were at, uh, at HSP, no, we're at Reading, weren't we? We're still at Reading. I don't know if we did it at Northwest, but they came up, 12 people up the front, had this nice looking. Did you hold one, Trish? Yeah, good on. What's the one you held? I didn't say that much, but we'll get to it. <laughs> good on you, Trish. You are a woman of few words. Anyway. Um, anyway, they were looking good and they had all the 12 maxims on them and all those 12 people standing up the front. Now, here's the test. Who remembers the 12 maxims? So Trish had one, basically, right? It was people before programs. Kind of simple. Uh, anybody remember another one? You don't, might not know an exact word. Pastors. Mm, yes, you're true. You're right. Precedes activity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Pastor got one. Pastor. Good one. We don't work for him. Yes. Pastor. Oh. Oh, Beck, I'm coming your way, sweetheart. Pastor. Presence before. They're doing so well, Beck. Yeah, help. Did just. And what? Yeah. And what did it say? I'm going to have to move on. Okay. And Rach has conveniently gone to the back. Do you remember any, Rach? There you go. It was the very first one at the top, guys. You missed it. Belief determines behavior. Right? Identity precedes activity. People over programs. Growing people grows the church. Developing disciples, not just getting decisions. Right. Presence, not performance. Now we're getting there with him, not for him. Spirit awareness before systems. The new thing, not the next thing. Church for the community. How cool is this? Not just in the community, which is what we are. Being the church, not, uh, not just going to church. How good has that been during this period we're in? And uh, as you said, I think, mate, or uh, I think Rach might have left her a little note. Rest, not driven. Right? I did that just to get you ready. So all of these things were kind of a reminder of the new that God started in victory. God started rewiring us. He started putting new wine in, um, you know, and we then started talking about a new wineskin. But, you know, he started just pouring out new wine and, and remaking us. So we approach the future in a real good, strong, healthy way. Now, the first chapter of Joshua gives us some keys about crossing over into the promise. And we're going to look at some of those keys because today is not just about receiving the promise, living the promise, but you've got to cross over to get the promise. It's not yours just because it's been spoken. It has to be yours because you pick it up and run with it. Okay, so here we go. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. I think it'll be on the screen for you guys at home and those of you who uh, need to look on. He says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, by the way, who said nuns don't have children? Anyway, that's a, that's a bad joke, isn't it? Anyway, number two, that's bad. Okay, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. 
And then he talks about how big the territory is. Verse four, let's skip to verse five. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. Wouldn't you love a promise like that? As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. By the way, he didn't say no one will come against you because they surely did. He said when they do come against you, they're not going to be able to stay there. Okay. Uh, As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Some people think that's just a New Testament promise, but it actually appears both here and in the Psalms. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The presence of God isn't just a new covenant principle. It is the character of God through and through. So anyway, throw that one in. Verse six. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. We live in a day where people are highly driven for success. But what they forget is they turn away from what's right to try to get that success. Stay in the book. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. By the way, meditation is not just an Eastern religion thing. Meditation is a Christian thing. The difference is in Eastern religion, they say you meditate by emptying yourself. Whereas God says you meditate by filling yourself. Think on these things, Paul says in Philippians 4. Anyway, just another thing. So here we go. Meditate on these, the things that come out of here, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. By the way, you can't do it if you don't think it. Okay. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Here's the third time he says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. That kind of gives me a key that Joshua's a little bit anxious. He knows we need to possess the promise, but I'm not sure I'm the man. And God says, you're the man. Be strong, be courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. You know, sometimes we're bound by fear or discouragement. He said, don't let those things cripple you because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So Joshua ordered the officers of the people, go through the camp and tell the people, get your supplies ready. Three days from now, you will cross the Jordan and you will go in and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you for your own. You know, there's so many promises in this text. Gosh, you could just pull it apart. And, and the interesting thing is down through the centuries, so many leaders, God has spoken to so many leaders and said, I, I'm going to give you these promises. And they have taken these promises and they have stepped out on faith and they've done incredible things. And three times through those 11 verses, God says to Joshua, hey, it's not just about a promise. Step out in courage and faith and seize the promise. It's yours. Let me tell you a story of a, a pastor in central Virginia. He started a church with a handful of people, 35 people in his own hometown. So you can forget the scripture that says you can't be a prophet in your own hometown. Don't take that out of context. Jesus was talking about himself. So here's the deal. He's in his hometown. He'd gone out to minister. Small, small city in Virginia, central Virginia. He'd gone out to another city to minister. He's coming back in on a small plane, flying and out to the airport to land. And he's over the outskirts of the city. They go over this mountain on the outskirts of the city, nothing there but pine trees, forests, and trails. And he says to the pilot, who owns that? 
Soon as I land, he gets in his car at the airport and he rushes to the mountain and he gets out of his car and he starts walking the trails of the mountain. As he's walking, 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 the Holy Spirit said to him out of this verse in Joshua, every place you put your foot, I will give to you. And he just claimed it. And so week after week, he'd go up on that mountain, as long as he didn't see any black bear because they're there. And he's walking that mountain. He's claiming every place, God, every place my foot goes, this belongs to you and your kingdom. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that mountain became the home of the Christian university where Janet and I met in 1977 because the man claimed a promise. And it is now the largest evangelical university in the world because he claimed a promise. And I want to tell you, a number of years ago, Janet and I believed that God was stirring us about a promise. And we said, it's time. It's time for growth, influence, and transition. And that would mean we have to cross over to get to the other side to claim the promise, to possess the promise God's giving us. Crossing over, crossing means to change. And that's what it meant in this scripture in Joshua. The first thing was this. They had to change from where they were to where they were meant to be. You can't stay in the same place and possess the promise. Promises don't let you stand still or go back to the past. The children of Israel had to go into a place, listen, that involved risk. You can spell faith, R-I-S-K, risk. And it took faith and obedience. They had to go, all right. And you, you understand, they're standing there looking at the swollen river Jordan. It's in flood season. And they got to get over there. The first act they had to do was not just an act of faith, but an act of obedience. The river did not part until they put their feet in the water. Right? And so they cross over. Now, how many of you know, listen to me, how many of you know it would have been easy to just stand there and go, giants, incredible armies, swollen river, wilderness doesn't look that bad. Manna, quail, clothes never wear out. Sorry, girls, but your shoes will never wear out, so you don't have to replace them. <laughs> Not girls, I like shoes. Anyway. <laughs> Pastor Knight and I like shoes. But how many of you know that the wilderness can be a comfortable place? You know why? You don't have to risk anything. You don't have to be obedient. You just exist. You don't move in faith. And I want to tell you something, guys. Victory, we could not stay as we were and grow. There is a step of faith we need to take. And so Janet and I started talking about putting things together for the future. All the way back a number of years ago, it's time. So they not only had to change from where they were to where they were meant to be, they needed to change their way of thinking. These people had been in this existence for 40 years, whole generation, 40 years. So in other words, they're wilderness thinking people. You know what wilderness thinking people think? Every day God's going to drop bread at my doorstep. And when I want some meat, he's going to make the quail fall into my pan. <laughs> Fried quail. It's kosher. Water is going to come from the rock. I mean, I don't even have to go down to the river and pull it. Water, I just, I just say Moses, water, and he goes, bam, and it comes out of the rock. No enemies, but no future. No future. They were marking time. That's what you do in a wilderness. You mark time. You don't create opportunities in time. You mark time. They needed to take on the mindset of conquerors and lose the mindset of wilderness journey people. 
Now, I want to say something. Listen, we could not, listen to me carefully, victory. We could not have the mindset of marking time saying, we'll grow one day again when we get a building. I, I had voices saying, when are we going to have a church? And I'd say, we are the church. And people have taken on this mindset. One day when we have a building again, we'll begin to grow. Do you realize for about 400 years, the church prospered without buildings? Why? Because the people grew. And it's even in this COVID time, people could go, listen, one day when we can meet again together, we'll start to grow. No, you won't. You'll just have coffee and hug. That's all you'll do. We can grow now. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. Anyway. Thank you. You know what happened? We had to take on a mindset that we are the church and will grow in this time. And this change of thinking caused us to purchase the very center we're in right now. We never knew what was going to happen. We just said, listen, we've got to get out of this mindset that we've got to have a barn so we can grow and reach a city and influence a city. And two years ago, we purchased, you know, it's been two years. We purchased this building that positioned us for greater influence in our city. And you know what it did? It opened the door for us to receive, I'm going to use a phrase, I'll explain it, PBI status. We had tried for decades to get this as a church and could not get it. As a church just doing church things, we could not get PBI status. And it now means we are now seen and, and legally exist as a public benevolent institution. Which means your giving to the vision now is tax deductible because we, we are influencing the community for the kingdom of God. We're not just doing church things. So that's where we are, church. We are not marking time, waiting to get a building to grow. I'm telling you now, get a growth mindset now. I want to invite Janet to come up with me. It gives me a good segue for tea. Come up, honey. Mm. So a number of years ago, Janet and I started planning for this time. And it was both challenging. Come over. It was both challenging and difficult. Yes, of course. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we knew that it was a time of transition of leadership. Yes, that's correct. Mm -hmm. So we started talking about the change of leadership. And we believe that for the church to cross over into the place God's destined for us, it means now we need a change that's of leadership. Right. That's right. And it might sound strange, a number of years ago, I was reading out of Joshua and God spoke to me out of the phrase where he said to Joshua, Moses, my servant is dead. <laughs> I went, right, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and I didn't take it literal. I didn't think God saying, hey, get ready. You're about to cross over into, you know. I didn't take it that way. You know what it meant for me? It meant this. This is the end of an era. Right. It's time for a new one to begin. That's right. For us and for victory. Yep. Can I say it again? Yeah. It's the end of an era. Yeah. It's time for a new one to begin. Yeah. Wow. And so we began working. Uh oh, where did you go? Okay. Uh, we began working on a transition of leadership with our executive board. They've been brilliant. Oh, Incredible. Yeah. Not to say that a couple of the engineers are a little bit structured. I'll, I'll use that word. It's nice. Um, but they were flexible. They were flexible. They were great. They were. And then we started, uh, I think I shared that phrase with you, didn't I? Moses, my servant is dead. I don't remember how you responded, but you didn't try to shoot me. That was good. Um, but the issue is this. 
the plan had already been in play for three to four years or more. And we're glad to say to you today that we're handing over the leadership of yeah. Victory to Pastors Nate and Rach. We are, okay, we're going to get them up in a second. Um, we, are, we are actually finishing being senior pastors of Victory in February. That's right. And we chose that day. Why, honey? Why? Ah, well, so good that you ask. <laughs> no, it's because it will be our first week of February will be, that Sunday will be the very first in 25 years we, we have been at Victory. So we are going to have an incredible celebration. And what better thing than to say, yes, this is a time for our new beginnings. Right. And we're going to celebrate and we're going to have fun. We are. It's a, it, we chose that date because of our 25th anniversary, and we'll tell you more about this in weeks to come. We were going to tell you this in June. You don't know how difficult it's been <laughs> sitting on this, knowing it's right, it's time. It is time for transition to leadership. We need to cross over, and today's about crossing over. And we want to say to you, Nate and Rach, we want to welcome you up, Pastors Nate and Rach. We're confident in the calling, the anointing, and the leadership that they're bringing to the church. We've watched them develop. They were in a D group in our house all the way back in 2013. Yeah. And we believe that it's time to cross over for today is talking about together for more. So why don't you guys welcome them? Let them respond. Go ahead, guys. Yeah. Hey, what a time to be alive. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Moses is still alive. Yeah. He's still alive. Thank you. You're not dead yet. No. We might keep you on for a bit longer. Thank you. Yeah. Although I do have to say, I was, I was looking at a clip that I recorded for the church a couple of weeks ago, and I said to our brilliant, I'll call him our pastor of production, Chris. I Come said on, to Chris, it was on his screen, and I looked at it, and I said, oh, gee, I'm getting gray, because I never look at myself. And, yeah. and Pastor Chris so nicely said, Pastor Keith, you're not getting gray. You are gray. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Chris. It's the brutal Imagine. honesty, isn't it? Yeah, love him. That's great. Well, how exciting. Um, very quickly, Nate and I wanted to say that we're so excited to um, play our part in the next chapter of, of Victory's life. Um, we feel honoured to be able to lead the church into its God-designed future. Um, this is not about us, although it is about us. It's about all of us doing this together. Um, the future is all of us together. Um, our mission hasn't changed. It's to love God and to love people. Um, bring the presence of God here to earth so that everyone will know and experience his grace and his power. Um, we feel as a family that there's no greater cause to live for than his kingdom and the lost and his church. Um, and we're grateful for the journey that God has taken us on as a church so far um, and under the leadership of Pastor Keith and Pastor Janet. And we look forward to, um, to what comes next. Yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. How great's my wife? The best. Um, Pastor Keith's asked me to share a little bit in a little bit, but I want to take the opportunity to honour Pastor Keith Come and Janet. You know, they, they have... Uh, for us personally, shifted from incredible leaders, inspiring leaders, great teachers of the word, very much to uh, spiritual mum and dad for us. Uh, and we feel so incredibly blessed to be able to walk in your legacy, uh, to see the, the success uh, that I know is on your heart for victory uh, come to fruition. Uh, we've talked many times about how success is found in succession, that God's promises are always generational. Um, and I, I've often said to you, I feel like you have established a territory spiritually 
uh, for victory. And um, yeah, we feel privileged to know that we're gonna we're gonna build something tangible on that territory that you you fought to establish. So. I just I want to say from the, the get-go that any success that, that Victory walks into over the next few years is because of the territory established by these guys um, and that God will receive all the glory and all the honour but it is important to recognise the battles that were fought to set us up for the buildings that will be built and the people that will be saved um, and that's, that's these guys. So uh, let's honour them now, can we? Thank you. Thank you. Back to you. Thank you. Okay. Awesome. Did you want to say, yeah. come up? I guess I'd just like to um, just share that something that God showed me this morning. I, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's like, poof, it hits you right in the head. But as I was praying and stuff, and I was just thinking of many things and about this morning, it hit me that, that this is new beginnings. This is new beginnings for all of us. This is yeah. new beginnings. This is not necessarily the end. But it's new beginning of what it's going to look like. And the great part about it is that we're all going to be together, moving together. We are moving and getting on the other side, and it is going to be exciting. So that's all I wanted to say. Awesome. Thank you. You guys, if you want to have a quick seat, I've got one more thing, and I want to invite Pastors Darren and Beck up in a minute. Not yet, but um, in just a moment. We're totally confident in these guys, and it's been a journey, and the board has walked with us through that, and it, there's this total unity that they are the ones to lead the church forward, and we believe that, and we believe that you as a church are going to believe that and get behind that also, that, that together you're going to take the territory that was promised. For the battles that have been won, there's now going to be territory possessed, which is good. Um, we're not going to be talking about a church building. We're going to be talking about multiple buildings and sites. Not yeah. me, but over to you, Pastor Nate. Uh, he will eventually map out vision, but not all today. But I want to say one more change that needed to take place with the children of Israel out of chapter one that people often miss. And because of time, I'll just paraphrase it. It's verse 12 and onward. Joshua says to the three tribes that wanted to settle east of the Jordan. See, they'd already won some battles. They had a comfortable place. They were happy to be there. The, tr the, the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and Manasseh said, hey, Joshua, is it okay if we stay here? And he said, yeah, it's okay, but one condition. The condition is this, that you don't settle and you don't rest. Your families can stay there, but all you fighting men must come with us together to take the promise. And so crossing over meant a change of posture. All of a sudden, three of the 12 tribes are going, man, we, we're, we're comfortable. We made it. We're home. And, and Joshua said, no, you're not home until we're home. Wow. Very significant. Wow. And so one of the things that started emerging during this time of COVID months, I mean, we've had, what, 26 weeks? Is that right? 26 weeks, half a year. Um, one of the things that started emerging was we needed, and this is where the vision comes from today, that we, we, we're together for more. And that all, tw all 12 tribes needed to move across that river and cross over together and take the territory so that there would be more for the kingdom of God. We started thinking about what, what does that mean for victory as a church? And to cut it short, I'll just say this, that we came to a unity as a leadership that it is time for the campuses to come together in unity, central and northwest, to come together as one and cross over as one so that we can begin to influence this city like never before and to go to greater measures of doing that. Yeah. And so we talked about that. So as from today, yeah. 
as from today. There are no more Central and Northwest campuses. I think I'm right in saying that. Well, I'm going to say it anyway. There are no more Central and Northwest campuses. Victory is one church together for more. And I'm going to invite these guys up because they play a strategic part in it. Pastors Darren and Beck, where's your microphone, Buck? Yes. Yeah, it's under your seat. I was going to steal yours, Pastor Keith, but I won't. You can't. We can't hug. You can't hug me. Stay away. I know. It's hard. Come over. In the light. Uh, So it's been a huge journey for you guys with Beck's new role and not just that. Right. You know, together, we actually, as, as Victory, we planted that campus, that satellite, we called it back then, New Life. Yep. Uh, 20, uh, 18 years ago, 18 it was planted. You half, trained yep. 20 years ago. Right. Uh, so we've been doing a great journey, and this is just another leg of the journey. Yep. But you guys had to walk this and had to come to a deep sense of, this is God. Tell us about it. Right. Um, well, um, it, it, it wasn't immediate, and it wasn't easy, but um, God certainly spoke to us. And come forward a bit, babe. Um, and yeah, we just both landed uh, in the same place and uh, talking with Pastor Keith and Janet and Pastor Nate and Rach, and we all really came to a unity that this is what God is doing. Uh, this is what God is doing for our future. And um, interesting, the confirmation that only happened like in the last couple of weeks, um, specifically for me, I kept seeing the numbers 222 everywhere, like everywhere, like on clocks and on cars and like all over the place. And I'm like, 222, what does that mean? And God said, look it up. And so I went to Matthew 2 verse 22. No, nothing there. I went to Mark 2 verse 22. And this is what it says. It says, and no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. And that's what we we really believe that God is doing right now is that he is creating a new wineskin for him to pour out the new wine so that it doesn't break us, it actually fills us. And, And so we're really excited that what, you know, God's doing in this time and that we get to play a part in that and so we are on board with all of the announcements that you've heard and uh and central campus northwest campus uh if you have questions and you want to call someone around this and talk we'd love to have a chat with you the pastors would love to chat so do that that's awesome so from today we cross together right we're one one church right and uh and your roles which People can read about that and hear about yeah. that and ask you about that. Your role will be changing early in the year. Bex already has yep. so strategic in the big vision picture of victory. And uh, and I know it's been a an incredible tough first go at it because of the time around us and everything. But uh, you're, the, you're the person for the job. I reckon. There's no doubt about it. And it brings yep. that kind of... Uh, hundreds of people to be influenced under the vision of victory. And right. and you're the right people for this, no doubt about it. And they'll hear about your new role to yep. come. Yep. And uh, one of them has already begun, which is awesome. True. And uh, and so we're glad that we can now bring the campuses together and say, yes. as one, we're crossing the river and we're That's getting right. ready to possess our future. That's right. Right. So awesome. Good. Thanks, guys. Thank you. I want to invite Pastor Nate back up because he's, he's going to talk about, um, I'll get this out of your way. He's going to talk about uh, a little bit about the future. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I know you want to just seed bits and pieces, not give them all at once. That's right. But give them some. All right. It's all crazy. Yours. We're only like awesome. nine months away from next June. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to get 12 months to sit and wait. Let's see if I can get this to work. Good. Hope everyone in our, our vision parties is having a good time. 
awesome. Pastor Keith has uh, he's mentioned this idea of crossing over and that what it represents is a transition that is occurring in the now. Um, and, and the reality is that it's imperative and was imperative for the nation of Israel to cross over well. There was no, nothing beyond, there was no promise, there was no future, there was nothing beyond the Jordan if they did not cross over effectively. And, and what Pastor Keith has mentioned, this idea of obedience, this, this, this change in leadership, this new posture, were incredibly key in, in the nation of Israel even having an opportunity to possess the promise. Yeah. And I think we shouldn't lose sight of doing the now well, but recognize that the now leads to the future. And so crossing over is also very much about the future. That if we only see crossing over as just to cross over, it really has none of the emphasis behind the why. The, the real reason to cross over is we, because we believe that God is moving us into something. The nation of Israel were holding on to the, the promised land that they had been promised generations ago that was going to be theirs. And that was what drove them to, to, to have the obedience to step into the river. You know, if you read the story in detail, the priests that stepped into the river to begin with, you get this impression that they had to hold their foot in the water for quite a while until it stopped up the, 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 the towns where they couldn't actually see that it was stopping. They couldn't see what God was doing to the water. They just had to have obedience in, in the middle uh, until, until the, the dry area appeared and they could cross over. So there's an incredible importance in doing the now well, but we have to understand that doing that is driven by the why. And the why is what God is moving us into. And, and Joshua articulates that why very clearly. Uh, he, he, he puts it plainly in chapter 4, verse 24. And we, we, we have underlined this year's vision with this scripture. And the scripture in Joshua 4.24 says this. It says that all the people of the world might know the power of the Lord. That at the end of the day, the reason the Israelite nation was to cross over was so, though they, so, was so that they could establish themselves as God's uh, chosen people, that they could represent His kingdom for the sole purpose of all the nations being drawn to the people of God and knowing that Yahweh, the one true God, was God and, and, and had instituted a covenant with creation. And so we have got to understand that there is a why that is far bigger than just us. There is a why that goes beyond the walls of whatever building we may or, or may not ever have. The why is about the kingdom of God. The why is about the fact that we believe that Jesus is God and that he has come to establish his kingdom on earth. And, and that by being a part of that, we are called to be a light on the hill, a city that can be seen because the kingdom of God is the, the preeminent thing in all of creation. And crossing over was critical for them taking possession of that promise. It was far more than just them walking into a land. It was about them becoming the people of promise, as much as positioning themselves in the place of promise. You see, the people of promise was about covenant. The people of promise was about representing his kingdom. The people of promise was, yes, yes, to be blessed, but not for themselves alone. It was that they would be blessed so they could bless the nations. It was so that the nations would be, would be drawn to the kingdom of God. That's why the nation of Israel was to be blessed. And, you know, I'm convinced that this crossing is critical because it's going to position us to take possession of the promise that God has for us. And also because it is going to create in us a conviction about being the people of promise. 
about being the people of his kingdom. You know, Rachel and I firmly believe that what God is doing in and through victory is reaffirming the identity that he has on this church. You know, this church carries a unique mantle, a mantle of authority and a mantle of influence, a mantle of taking ground in the city and establishing itself as the, the, the spearhead of the kingdom of God in this city. And I believe that God is reaffirming that in our church. I believe that this church is one that conquers territory for the kingdom of God, one that will continue to do that in our city and beyond our city. You know, we believe that this church will be one that spreads out across this nation and beyond, enabling the power of the Lord to be known by all peoples on the earth. Right. That's why that we are making a commitment to remain a broadcasting church, because we believe that the reach we have online goes far beyond the reach we could ever have in one building or two buildings. We are able to reach people on the other side of the country, on the other side of the world, with the reality that Jesus Christ died for them and and wants to have forgiveness for them and that they can find their their very being in him yeah yeah you know we see a future in which god is forming in us a new wineskin you know we've seen we've heard that prophesied over our church uh pastor darren spoke about it this morning i want to tell you that that new wineskin uh very very clearly is is new structure and new function You know, the wineskin is the thing that is seen. The wine is what is held within, but what is seen on the outside is the wineskin. It has a very clear function related to how it is it's structured. You know, actually it takes a long time to get structured. It's it's a bladder before it's a wineskin, right? Like it's it's lived a whole life before it actually gets this new function. And I believe we've had we've had a whole life and now we're having a new function. But I'm gonna tell you right now from from the off that Sundays are gonna have a new function. There's going to be some new structures in the background of our church because we need to move into the new wine skin that is going to hold the new wine. I am utterly convinced that God is preparing to pour out a new sense of his Holy Spirit on his church. But he needs the people to be positioned. He needs the structure to be ready. He needs them uh, as the functioning wineskin of the church to be ready to hold uh, the wine so that it can be poured out of them. It's the it, the wineskin is what it is poured out of. And so we're going we're gonna to look at why, why do we gather on a Sunday? Why do we do that? We're going to restructure some things around, around staffing. You've heard Pastor Darren, Pastor Beck's roles, and there's, there's some others that are really exciting that are coming. But those are about positioning us to hold the new wine because we believe that the Holy Spirit is real. We believe that, that every person can have a genuine experience of the Holy Spirit, one that carries real power where, where people come and they are healed, where bondages and habitual behaviors are broken by the power of God. Why? Because we are in His kingdom and in His kingdom, He carries all authority on heaven and in earth. I see, uh, we see a future in which the presence of God is tangible and easily encountered. One where emotional wounds are healed and people's lives are transformed. We see a day where we establish a home and from that point are able to spread out across our land, establishing distinct territories for the kingdom of God, becoming a blessing to the nations, to this nation and those beyond, revealing the power and reality of God. But all of that ultimately requires one more shift. Now, Pastor Keith spoke about three. This is the final one. It was a shift that the nation of Israel failed to make once before. 
They had an opportunity and they allowed fear to overcome their faith. And I believe ultimately this is why God says to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Because Joshua, although he had the faith, he was a part of the nation that eventually allowed fear to dictate where they would go. And God is reminding Joshua, listen, I know you had faith the first time, but be strong and courageous again. Have faith. And there is a, a shift required where we remind ourselves that we are not defined by what we fear we are or what we fear we might be or what we fear might or might not happen in the future. We need to step into this crossing with faith in the God who has called us, the God who has saved us, the God who changes us and the God who is now leading us into a future of his making for his glory and ultimately for his kingdom's establishment and revealing. Can I tell you, I am not convinced in my own abilities. I'm convinced in the God who called Rachel and I to take the mantle of leading victory forward. I'm not convinced of everything that, that I need to move this church into the but I'm convinced of the God who says that he will bring all we need uh, in this life to achieve his purpose. And so I'm asking you as a church right now to take a hold of the identity that God declares on this church. Whether we believe it of ourselves all the time or not really only restricts where we move. It doesn't change the truth that God says that we are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, and one that he has selected to establish his kingdom, not just in this city, but beyond. And so I'm asking you to take a step of faith this morning and believe in that God. That's it. That's all I got this morning. More to come in June, but I want to hand back to our senior minister. I know, I know some it. of that stuff, and it's going to be exciting. It is. He's got some good stuff, which is awesome. Uh, one of the things that it says in Joshua, as they crossed over, they had to go through a time of dedication. It's not enough just to have a change of posture and mindset and, and even leadership, but the people had to dedicate themselves to the vision. And that's what we're calling each of us to, and we're calling you to, as a dedication to the vision. You know, the vision still is to be a life-giving church, empowered by the Spirit to influence our city and beyond for the kingdom of God. You heard Pastor Nate, the most preeminent thing we could ever talk about or do is the kingdom of God. And there is no kingdom without a king. We have a king. His name is Jesus. And he paid for this at the cross when he gave his life. He paid for it with his own life. You want to talk about a, a place of dedication? For the Romans, the cross was a place of cruelty and execution. For Jesus, it was a place of dedication and sacrifice when he gave his life. And he gave his best so that we could live forever. But he didn't just give his best so that we have a home in heaven. He gave his best so we could extend his kingdom here on earth. And that's what we are. We're kingdom people. So we're saying to you as victory, you're going to, as Pastor Darren said, you're going to get this in the mail. Doesn't it look good? It's awesome. They put it together. The whole crew, I think Pastor Jez and, and, uh, and Chris, and you're going to get a booklet that's going to articulate a little bit more about the vision so you can read about it. There will be information on the website as of tomorrow. You can go to the website and you can look at different things. There's a letter in there from us. There's this cool magnet. Oh, what I do with my magnet? I love it. Where is the thing? There it is. I love it. Mind your basketball, doesn't it, Darren? Together for more. Once you put that on your fridge, you know the fridge is probably the place we go to the most in the house. And, uh, and so every time you open it and you get hungry, 
just say, all right, God, you're calling us together in this season because you're about to release more and, and about to impact this city with more. And so you will have all that, but also in there, there will be a pledge card. And as we said, not your tithe, but your giving to the vision is now tax deductible for you and, and for everybody who gives. And so what we're giving, you can say, well, what are we giving to? We're giving to the vision. We're giving to the vision to make ministry happen both through here and out of here to be influential in this city for the kingdom of God. We're giving for a new season and for the broadcasting of services. Uh, you know, we say it's, it's for people here in this city, but listen, you heard Pastor Knight. There are people from around the world who log in and they watch this and there are people who get saved watching this. And so you're giving to that, but you're also giving to the future. Had, had people in the past not given faithfully, we would not have this building we're standing in today debt free and I declare that we will own properties that will be debt free both in this city and beyond but we need to build build up the storehouse food isn't just the tangible food we eat but it's what we need as a necessity and sustenance to keep us going into the future that's what it's about so You'll get this in the mail, read about it. Uh, next week, Pastor Knight's going to bring a sermon that's just going to articulate even more about this together for more. And we're going to pray about this and commit ourselves to the vision. It's not just about what's happening today in the crossover. It's also what's happening after the crossover as we possess our future. So... Uh, just want to say as we close, I hope you guys have had a fantastic time in your house parties, your vision parties in your homes and, uh, and downstairs and upstairs. We've had a great time, but I just want to bring us back to the central message, the cross. You know, the gospel is the good news that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, who died on a cross. The son of God, the only one that could do this, who could pay for our sins and give us the future that God has mapped out for us. But we have to come and receive it as a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but live forever. But the Bible also says the wages of our sin is death. Now, I'm glad there's not a full stop. It says, but the gift of God. I don't know. I, I don't know about you. I'd rather have a gift than what I deserve. And, and I don't deserve eternal life, but I'll receive it as a gift. The, the wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. If you have never received him into your heart and life and you have never declared him as your Lord and Savior, why not you? Why not now? Why not this moment? This starts your future on the spot. You could pray something like this. Why don't we pray together? Father God, I thank you for your great love. You sent your one and only son who died on the cross for me and for the whole world. I'm so sorry I've neglected you, I've rejected you, and I've even offended you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to cleanse me, and I receive your forgiveness through the cross that Jesus died on. I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Come into my life now and save me. I declare that I am saved. Holy Spirit, fill me now with your power and presence. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, if you did that today, you, you know, there's a little hand there that indicates you can click on that indicating, hey, I did that today. I'm raising my hand saying I received Jesus as my savior. Why not do that and start your new life today? Hey, we've, we've loved having you. It's been a great morning. We're looking forward to the, the days to come. And as Pastor Darren said, I think it's prophetic. We might be in our building some more in the future. Right, guys? We don't, I, I'll let them map that out because they do it better. And, uh, but we love getting together. But even more than that, we love our purpose together for more. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week.